It's been 24 years since Ezra Upoli played a game of rugby, but the Petone Club stalwart has never been more involved with the sport he loves. The Scots College alumni was one year away from completing a graphic design degree when he suffered a nasty hand injury during a game, which affected his studies and led him to hang up his boots before his 21st birthday. But what started as a major setback pushed him into an all-new career path, which sees him now rubbing shoulders with the biggest and brightest names in New Zealand rugby. Joe Collins, uh, uh, one of my really good mates, um, we grew up together through church and rugby and family and everything, and we were actually meant to be playing for a Hutt Valley Samoan team that day. Um, I was 20 at the time, he was 19. Um, his car actually didn't start that morning, um, and so we couldn't get in, get into play for the Samoan, so we, we knew that one of our club teams, our Colts team, were playing in a Coca-Cola Colts tournament at that time, and they were playing down the road at Fraser Park from Joe's place, so we thought, we'll, we'll get a run there so we wandered down the road took our gear and we managed to get a run with the Colts team and, and about 15 minutes into that game I literally just took the ball into a into contact and and I sort of fell one way and the defender sort of fell backwards and took my ring finger with him so it was pretty just one of those sort of freak sort of you know finger bending um, not really understanding until I sort of spotted a bit of blood on the other hand and I turned around and realized I'd lacerated my ring finger about 180 degree laceration which Obviously, that affected my studies at the time, and 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 even even at the time, I, I was sort of getting a bit wayward with my studies at the time. Anyway, so I um I only sort of finished that year off, and then and got into the workforce and headed to the intercontinental, and got into hospitality, and and that sort of I guess led to where I am now with um a role in concierge and hospo, which which obviously meant I moved through to NZR, and uh, the rest is history, as they say. And did you play any rugby after that? Didn't play any more rugby after that. That was the last game on Fraser Park. That's what the doc said. Don't play anymore. Or did you take no, that? No, no, no. I mean, I, I, I obviously recovered. I mean, the, the finger's still a wee bit um, out of shape all these years later. But it was just, a, it was just sort of, a, I guess, for me, um, other things kind of took precedence. Um, obviously, I, I sort of got through with the studies and decided I needed to get into the workforce. And um, and then that was that. Just other commitments, kind of, yeah, just became a priority. And, and then I just sort of started supporting the boys every Saturday until I actually went back to the club and got into management. Yeah, and I guess so that gave you almost a bit of a, a push towards, I guess, what in your mind you were possibly already thinking was maybe, you know, that degree wasn't quite where you were going or wanted to go. And so, as you say, you, you fell into the concierge work and it's taken you on an all-different path. Absolutely, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, I couldn't have scripted, um, to be honest. I, I, it's amazing. It's been a crazy old journey going to and fro, not really knowing where I was going to end up. But, I mean, I'm obviously everything happens for a reason and I'm I'm where I'm meant to be, I, I believe. And with the rugby, I mean, I had to give away a game that I was really passionate about playing. But to think that, obviously, you know, 20-odd years later, I'm, I'm actually working in the game, obviously, um, you know, for, for our, our national body, but also have a um, really love what I'm doing at the grassroots and at the community game with my home club, um, you know, where I grew up. So I never would have thought I'd, I'd be where I am, but I'm, I'm really blessed to, to be here. And, and how did it go from being a concierge to, to, to NZR? When I wanted to get into the workforce, I the, the reason I approached the Intercontinental was Park Royal at the time, but I literally walked in and wanted to have a meeting with the Human Resources Manager at the time. Um, about a year or two before that, we had a family holiday to Thailand and in Bangkok. We stayed at a, a place called the Indra Regent, which was something like a seven-star hotel. Or I don't even know if they go that high, but it was pretty swanky. Um, but I just had this fascination with how front office operated. I just loved walking in and the porters and the concierge and guest services and receptionists and thought I'd love to give that a shot one day not having any experience in hospo um, so yeah the back end of obviously my studies I thought I'd I'd find the, 
hotel, which I thought was probably the best hotel in Wellington, which at the time, Park Royal, now the Intercontinental, strolled on in, wanted to, yeah, to arrange a, a meeting and, and hopefully maybe pick up some work there. Started as a porter, then moved into concierge and managed that desk for about six odd years. And then they created a role for, New Ze- for a concierge in New Zealand rugby. And I, I didn't um, sort of really understand what that kind of role entailed and, and from a New Zealand rugby perspective, but after a meeting there and, and I guess I found out what that role did was made up of I thought I, I didn't really need to think twice and uh, and there I was and I did that for six odd years and now in a different role there with the organisation um, and obviously working in rugby it's um, yeah it's, it's kind of for me the best of both worlds and ticks all the boxes so I'm, I'm pretty happy. And how has that enabled you to stay connected with the game? As you say, you don't play anymore, but uh, you obviously like helping young players and you see young Māori Pacifica as well and sort of a bit of a mentor to them or offering them some guidance. Uh, Is it your job that's enabled you to sort of have that sort of uh, dual function or or have you just done a lot of stuff in your own time off the field as well at at that grassroots level? Yeah, when you talk about working with with the young people, it's something I um I grew up um in the church, and my my father's a, a minister of religion, so he was ordained as a Presbyterian minister in the seventies. Um, I was born into um uh, the the obviously a, a you know a, a minister's family, and we've only ever known the church, and that was, I guess, on the on the weekends growing up, that was um that was what we did. You know, we had um, Sunday school, and you know, I looked after the youth group and the choir and. In the senior youth group, and that so that sort of that that pastoral care, that kind of that that tutorage, that leadership, I guess was harnessed and developed and managed through there. And then obviously rugby being a sport that I love and am passionate about, you're able to kind of do the both, and so a lot of things sort of integrate. Um, and then obviously now working with New Zealand rugby, I get to work with some of our national teams and some of the I guess the elite coming through. Um, you know that sort of NZ schools and NZ twenty space. So to be able to I guess use the skills that I was kind of raised with through through church and through through rugby and that and um, I'm, I'm where I, I want to be and, and meant to be and I'm really really grateful for that because you would see a lot of young players come through with immense talent uh, with you know all the possibilities in the world in front of them but as you know from from injuries or, or any other incident in life sometimes it doesn't always go to plan yeah and that, that's I mean that's the thing I see that obviously um, you know with my my club team um, you know I, I understand that um, obviously it's a wee bit different from obviously my vocation and my full-time job but you know I know that the the pressures and the struggles that they deal with you know these are guys that are working 12 14 hour days and then have to come to training but you know they have been home yet they've got kids and partners and home and, and stuff like that and they can't come to training and we just have to accept that that you know I've, I've got to sometimes take that hat off at you know at this end here where you know we're we're obviously there's there's revenue to be able to put on these camps for these players that are coming we fly them in we feed them we accommodate them and so forth and that and I have to take that hat off and understand that um, when I'm working here at my my club team if a player can't make training because of this I kind of just have to accommodate that and understand that but obviously uh, at the other end I've been lucky to see some amazing talent and kids come through and I, I use the likes of Asafo and Geordie and Hoskins that have had a year in the 20s and all of a sudden are an all black fully fledged all black 12 months later other players obviously take sort of three four years through what previously was the Mighty Cup to to get you know obviously move through to that um that next year but you know it's it's one of those things that's a balance and like you say um hopefully these kids have have got something to fall back on if it doesn't work out yeah what's the most rewarding part of your job 
the rewards for me personally it's probably just making my my family and my, my parents proud um, and making them happy and obviously there's a lot of things that obviously I'm able to get through through rugby where you know we've been able to look after mum and dad you know in terms of you know um, being able to allow them to travel and um, you know and outfit them and so forth and even you know get them across to, to games and that we get tickets to get you know get them along to you know AB tests and stuff like that which is really really cool so I think it, what drives me is, is obviously looking after my my family, my parents, especially, and my siblings, and and those uh, those loved ones for me. That's that's what really I guess is is my why and what why I'm sort of grateful. And again, I'm in a role where I know there's a number of people that would love to be doing that. So for me, I've, I've just you just can't be complacent and, and just sort of enjoy it because you never know when COVID saw us last year that things can be um, taken away from you pretty quick. So enjoy it while you can. You know, you had a bit more adversity last year in terms of uh, losing a limb as well. Uh, was that unexpected? Uh, how, and how did you handle that situation? Yeah. It was it was unexpected. Um, basically, just a, a bit of a break in the skin with a, a blister of all things, and um, unfortunately, there was an infection um, which came about uh, in my lower limb and my right leg, and through the through the leg and into the bone. I mean, I, I, I guess I have to mention diabetes as well because that played a part as well. My parents have been diabetic for a number of years, and and as um, although I was getting um, you know checks as regularly as possible, I was cleared of it. Unfortunately, it um, it obviously sprung on me and compounded the infection that I had so it meant um, yeah a, a lower limb amputation below my calf so um, yeah that happened in February of last year so it was pretty pretty dark sort of time for me and obviously up until then I'd sort of been really satisfied and happy with what I'd achieved and, and to be honest I, it almost broke me but I think I you know it was a lot of reflection a lot of um, I guess remembering my faith and my why when I was lying there in hospital and understood, gee, you know, there's a lot of people that are a lot worse off and um, and I've just got to understand that things will come right slowly and things are obviously a lot more measured now. But, yeah, I think I look at it and think, well, you know, I mean, it's disabled me somewhat, but the main disability is, is really my attitude towards it. So as long as I'm on top of that, I think I'll be all right. And um, so far, so good. And I guess you've spent the majority of your career helping others. Did, did your family, did the, the rugby community, did they sort of surround you as well and, and help you in your time of need they were they were massive for me more than i'd ever dreamed and 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 wanted to be honest it was um there's a part there's a part of me obviously growing up that if things didn't get done i was just happy to to do them get them done and I'd, i never really wanted to rely on others to to sort of get things done around me whether it be whatever i was involved in so when, like you say, when it's in your time of need, I really struggled with that sort of attention and that people sort of reaching out to help because I, I, I just I, I struggled with with that. But like, yeah, like I say, I mean, my family were huge for me, and and, and obviously New Zealand rugby as well. They were, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I honestly, I just words couldn't really express just uh, my gratitude towards them, and um, yeah, really, 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 really lucky with the way that um that they looked after me and got me back on my feet, so to speak. Excuse the pun. And what would your message be, Ezra, to uh, young players or, or young people that love the game that that, that maybe have a, a bit of a setback too, be it on the field, off the field, in terms of uh, you know what what the opportunities are and and how they can handle that? Yeah, I guess um, I guess for a start, um, you know, opportunities like um, what we have now was wasn't even a thing when I was growing up. You know, and twenty odd years ago, um, it, it, rugby, I guess, yeah, wasn't really a a vocation obviously it went, it went professional and so, so so the kids now really is I guess really find um, what it is that you're passionate about as part of the game the sport whatever sport it is if it is rugby if it's you know if it's, if it's the nutritional side of things that kind of 
you know, lights your fire, if it's a training, um, you know, if it's um, leadership, whatever it is, um, you know, really obviously harness and manage manage that. And then any weaknesses, obviously work on that as well, but really key to focus on what it is that you're you're strong at. Um, and like I was saying um, earlier, I mean, we're, we're really grateful because there's other sports out there, your basketball, your softball, you're touching that. Um, you know, parents are remortgaging you know, houses to put their kids through training camps and, you know, tournaments and trips and gear and so forth and that. With rugby, we obviously we have um, obviously a bit of the pie there where we can obviously, um, you know, bring guys into camps and allow them to travel and see the world. So, yeah, work, work, um, work hard, get a really good work ethic behind you. Um, but at the same time, make sure you've got obviously something um, on the side that you, if you're, you're studying or, you're, you know, there's a trade or something you can work on so that if things don't quite work out, you've got another option there.